only. Carry on only. Dedicated to inspiring your next global adventure. With award-winning photographer, creative director, and travel expert, Jill Pater. Jill has worked in over 100 countries, has published 21 books on architecture, design, travel, and gastronomy. Now, here's Jill and her co-host, Lisa Palachek. Today, we are going to visit Argentina with Jill. Yes, I can't wait. How did you decide that Argentina was a place you needed to visit? Argentina had long been on the list. I think it's just like so many places. I'm sure a lot of our listeners have, you know, different places they want to go in this long list. And there kind of just comes a right place at a right time. And being in the Southern Hemisphere, you know, one of the better times to go to Argentina is in winter. And so it was December. I was looking to take a trip. And it was just, it was a natural fit. Great. Nice to escape a winter. Yes. Were you living in Chicago at the time? I was living in Chicago okay, at the time. Yeah. yeah. Get out. Exactly. Did you have a book project that you were pursuing at the time? I didn't at the time. And in fact, it was kind of a point in my career where I wanted to get back into film because I had recently transitioned from film to digital and was shooting all digital uh, con- commercially and just kind of wanted to get back into the love of photography. So I thought, I'm going to go on this trip and I'm going to shoot all black and white film mm-hmm. and come back. And, you know, and it really it really did the trick of getting me re-inspired. And, really? Um, yeah. And, and really, this was kind of one of the first trips where I really went to shoot, where I really started travel shooting. And I absolutely loved it. I mean, it was Argentina has, in terms of landscape photography, some of the most beautiful landscapes in the world. Buenos Aires is a beautiful city, you know, so you have the architecture elements there. Mm-hmm. Um, just so much going on. And it was, it was, I'm so glad I got to capture it in black and white. And our audience will be able to see it in the show notes, like some of the photos that we right. took at the time. Right. Yeah, in the film. So. Very much recommended. Yes. Is it more challenging to travel with that much film? I'm assuming you just need canister after canister. It's not really challenging to travel with it from a weight standpoint. Okay. It's just more of having to reload the camera because we're not used to that anymore, mm-hmm. right? We have sure. massive compact flash cards. We can just take photos forever. And, you know, yeah, we change the cards every once in a while. But on film, especially if you're shooting medium format film, you know, you have 12 frames. You're shooting 35 millimeter film. You have 24 frames. So that's really not a lot of photos before you right. have to change the film. And then you just have to make sure the film's like somewhat temperature controlled. You don't have it out in the sun or, you know, it's not exposed in any way when you're changing it. And then getting it back to a printer to have it processed. Does shooting with film require you to be at a location for a, a longer time? Maybe you get a little more intimate with it after a while? Yes, it does. It also makes you, I think the biggest thing about shooting film is you're thinking differently when you're shooting. Really? You know, when we shoot digitally, we have that instant gratification okay. of seeing how it's going to look. But when you're shooting film, it requires a level of faith and knowledge, and you're, you're kind of putting more into the preparation of the shot mm-hmm. than, than sometimes we do with digital because we can just take a quick shot and see how it's looking and then change things around. But with film, you kind of have to think about it a little more, make sure you're shooting you know, at the right times of the day, taking the light meterings. And, and so it's a, it's a different process. It's a different way of thinking. And I love it because you can't get too attached to the outcome. I mean, you don't know really what you've shot until you get the film back. Right. And do you develop there or do you bring it, bring I brought it back it home. with you? Okay. I brought it wow. Home. So mm-hmm. you are really operating on faith and good planning. Yes. Yes. Wow. In addition to all of this shooting, what kinds of activities were you doing? There's so much to do in Argentina and it's a it's a pretty vast country. So I think, you know, from a traveler standpoint, figuring out what's most important to you to see. I think Buenos Aires is the, you know, 
kind of first stop for a lot of people. That's likely where you're going to fly into. And it's an amazing city to explore. You have great nightlife, great food, wonderful architecture, lots to, lot. There's so much to do there, great neighborhoods to explore. So you could really spend quite a bit of time in, in Buenos Aires if you wanted to, or you could move on. A lot of people are in Argentina to explore Patagonia or the wine regions or to go to the very tip, Tierra del Fuego, which is a national park. It's also the launching point for a lot of cruises to Antarctica. So it just kind of depends. There's, there's something for everyone. For city dwellers, you can kind of spend as much time as you want in Buenos Aires. For adventure travelers, there's just so much more as you kind of continue south. Okay. Do you kind of need to be an adventurous soul to feel good in Argentina? Or what, like, what's the array of visitors you would see? It's very, it's very safe there. So it's not like you, it's not so wild or so arduous that if you're not a super, you know, super duper traveler that you're not, you know, not going to make it there, um, which is kind of nice. And a lot of the transportation, you can take easy flights around the country. I really love one of my favorite parts was just driving through Patagonia, driving through these open roads and you have this crazy landscape. You have, you can see Perito Moreno, the glacier in the background. You can see Lake Argentina, which is this aqua aqua marine blue lake. I mean, it's such a wild topography of all of these things kind of in a similar place juxtaposed against each other. So it's so beautiful. Really easy driving in that part of the country. Did you do your own driving? Yes, we did. Yeah, we rented a car and drove. But going back to your question, Lisa, about who it appeals to, I mean, I think it's just, it's, it's so many nature lovers, adventure travelers. It's great for romantic getaways. I think mo- it's, it's one of those places where I put it in kind of a top 10 that wow. your average per- person is really going to love Argentina. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So it's in your top 10. And then what would be maybe your top three activities or opportunities that you availed yourself of? Okay. In that, in Argentina, I would say El Calafate was probably number one. So that's the airport you'd fly into to go to Lake Argentina and to go to the glacier. And I think that's just, you know, with everything, you know, melting and global warming, that might not be there forever. So I'd recommend that for maybe a first stop. I love Buenos Aires. I love the nightlife there. And I love the different, there's so many different neighborhoods and it just has such a great vibe. There's a trendiness to it. There's a boho chicness to it. I mean, you could spend hours there. Mm-hmm. I One of the things that kind of surprised me that I really loved is uh, the person I was traveling with at the time is a huge soccer fan. We call it soccer. They call it football. Mm-hmm. And so we went to a Boca Juniors game. That's the that's the main team. Okay. And it was, it was so wild and so fun. The country is like so passionate about soccer. Mm-hmm. And so that was a great way, I think, just to experience something that locals would experience, right. even though I'm not <laughs> the biggest sports fan in the world. But it was just it was so cool to see. Uh-huh. And then I think like from a national park standpoint, going to the bottom, you know, the bottom of the continent was so cool, too. The mm-hmm. Tierra del Fuego. Mm-hmm. Nice. What's the cuisine like? I think most of us are pretty familiar with Argentinian. You know, Argentinian is known for its beef and its steaks. And so the grilled meats are super popular there. And of course, Argentinian wine is off the charts. Yeah. So if you're a wine lover, if you're a meat lover, you're you're going to have a great time in Argentina. Is it mostly red wine? There's there's a bit of everything, but they're they're probably most known for their Malbec. Yeah. Oh, okay, very good. And what do you think is a reasonable amount of time to spend exploring Argentina? That's always a hard one. It depends yeah. what you're doing. I mean, if you were say you were just flying in and out of Buenos Aires, I'd say you know you could you could spend as 
a minimum of like three to five days. Mm -hmm. But to, to explore like some level of the country, to scratch some level of the surface, I'd recommend a minimum of seven to 10. And I know that's always hard for travelers because people don't always have that long of vacation. But in this case, it's, it's so well worth it. Okay. And how do you budget for a trip like this? Is it pretty intimidating cost of entry? It's not too bad. I mean, Buenos Aires is pretty well serviced um, with direct flights to the U.S. Mm-hmm. And so you're, it's not it's not awful. It's, it's probably one of the easier places in South America to get to from the United States. Mm-hmm. And then your in-country travel, depending on what you're doing, if you're renting a car, if you're taking in, internal flights... But it's not, I wouldn't say it's a huge budget breaker. There's, there's ways Great. to make, I think, to make this kind of trip work within very reasonable budgets. And you can obviously take it up a thousand notches and go super high end too if sure. you want to. Sure. Now, did you do any shopping? Is there a shopping scene in? There definitely yeah. is. Yeah. Um, but it's not, shopping is not my sure, right. you know, favorite thing to do. But certainly in BA, there's tons of shops. There's great fashion. There's. Argentinian artifacts, all that type of stuff is there mm-hmm. if, if you want it. Okay. How did you pack for this trip? So for the most part, except for evenings out in Buenos Aires, pretty casually, uh, lightweight technical gear. The evenings can be quite cool. Um, so just having layers that you can kind of either take it up or take it down a notch based on, based on what you're doing and based on the temperature daily mm-hmm. there. And I always recommend one of the travel tips people are always get pretty nervous about packing. I always recommend investing in um, just lightweight accessories, scarves, ties, travel-friendly jewelry, things that allow you, even when you're casual, to kind of, if you want to dress up a little bit or just look a little bit more couture. Put together. Yeah, yeah. put together. Sure. Um, it, it just allows you to do that and kind of change up your look if you're just changing out your yeah. tops and things every day. I guess that would scars. mean. And they're low-density yeah. items. They don't take up a lot of space. Um, and it just helps you feel like you're in a different outfit every day, even even if you're not. Sure. Well, this is great. Thank you for taking us to Argentina today. My pleasure. And uh, please do tune in next month when Jill does another podcast in the series, Carry On Only. You're going to want to hear this one. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Carry On Only, dedicated to inspiring your next global adventure. Listen to Jill take you around the world in style, live every week right here or 24-7 on demand at StarWorldWideNetworks.com. Please remember to like, subscribe, and share. For immediate access to Jill's destination guides, blog, and show notes, please visit JillPater.com. And follow her on Instagram at JillPater.com.